Hello, hello, and welcome to the ISV Society Podcast. I am your host, Amy Keenan, and I am so excited to be here and chat with you. So first off, you may be asking, what is the ISV Society? Well, it's a membership just for ISVs, where we collaborate, educate, and generate leads in an affordable way. From webinars to blogs, as well as monthly mastermind meetings, these are just some of the ways we're working together. This podcast is also another way to bring the content to you. There'll be marketing tips and tricks, ISV guests, as well as fellow marketing professionals. Just think of it as your one-stop shop, all things channel marketing. It's all about the power of collaboration. So let's get started. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you today to talk about 18 event best practices for ISVs. And Liz and I are very excited to share these 18 practices with you. A little bit about me and we'll introduce ourselves. Oops, I got to admit somebody before we get started. But my name is Amy Keenan. I am the host today and founder of the ISV Society. And basically what I do is help ISVs collaborate and educate and generate leads in an affordable way by doing joint marketing initiatives. Because I know how important it is for us to work together and collaborate and also generate leads. So why not do it all together in one membership and one community? And then Liz, feel free to, um, oops, feel free to introduce yourself. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Amy. Uh, my name is Liz Hallen. I am the VP of Dynamics User Group. Uh, many of you might know us more for our um, Dynamics Con events. We are the host of the Dynamics Con events. Um, we offer free membership to partners, ISVs, end users. Um, we're all one big happy community. So um, Amy, thank you so much for hosting um, this great webinar today. I'm really excited about the content that we are going to share. Me too. And thank you for joining me. I feel like we're, we make a good team. We both are very uh, passionate about what we do, especially from a marketing and events perspective, as well as being part of a community. So we have a lot of alignment in our what we focus on and what our businesses do. So yes. a good match. It is a good match. Yeah. With you working with ISVs on their marketing campaigns. And um, I've got probably about 10 years now. I have to think back about when I actually started working with like sponsors and exhibitors of events, but I think it's been about 10 years. Um, but my my role would be more on the, the show management or the event management um, experience. So um, I'm. It, it was fun to put together these, these 18 tips um, with yes. you. I think we both thought that many of the same ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since I've been doing pretty much events since 1999. Yeah. I've, it's been crazy yeah. ride, but it's, uh, I, I love doing presenting. I love talking about all these tips and tricks and, and I love doing events. So, all right. So we uh, decided that Liz was going to do all the odd ones and I was going to do all the even ones, but we'll kind of chime in to each of them and and play a bit of a role in each and explaining our ideas and thoughts on them. But I will let Liz kick it off with number one. Very good. Number one, um, very important. Please, please, please know your dates and your deadlines for the packages and the benefits that you purchased from the event. 
Um, I can't tell you how many, it's like literally more than half of our sponsors and exhibitors <laughs> over the years don't pay attention to those dates and deadlines or they're like way past the deadline or they're asking for extensions. And I get that you guys are super busy, but if you do those benefits, I mean, those deadlines are there for a reason. It's to give you the most exposure possible. Um, so when you have a deadline of things like, you know, get your profile out on the website, um, that's an important date, right? Like get that done as soon as you possibly can, because that's just more exposure and more time that you get to be in front of the audience. Exactly. And I, and I do like dynamics con, you guys provide that whole actually sheet out of all the dates and deadlines. And so what's great is you just put those in your calendar. Hey, I know, you know, on that date, this is due on that date. This is due just as a reminder to make sure that you have them done. Um, That's what I typically do is just make sure I put them all in my calendar, all the dates and deadlines to make sure I don't miss anything. Yes. But yes. it's nice that, you know, obviously all the sponsors and all the events that you participate in usually provide that in a portal somewhere or with a, a document. So just make sure you add those to your calendar or whatever you use to manage it. And I would even encourage you to get them done sooner than yes. that. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Knock um, them all out in a day if you can, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Just sit down and, and hammer them out because um, they really are important and, and take advantage of all of them. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are a lot of times that people only do like half of the benefits that they purchased. And then they wonder why um, they're having a hard time proving their ROI on the the expenditure. So yeah, know your dates and deadlines. Very important. Definitely. All right. Number two, have a plan. So treat it like any campaign, treat it like anything that you normally do, any marketing initiative you do, any strategy that you have, you always want to have a plan in place and you want to have it well before the event even starts. I would say at least six to nine months out, you're starting to plan, you're starting to figure out what your focus is going to be. Uh, You're starting to do these deadlines, meet these deadlines and submit the information, obviously, for the sponsorship package that you have in place. And you want to have some good spreadsheets or CRM or something in the background to manage all of this, to make sure you're on task and on point, meeting the deadlines, creating the engagement, the emails, the social posts. We all know how much planning and execution it takes into putting an event together. So the earlier you can start planning it out, the better for you and the team and everybody else at the organization just to get things done in a timely manner. And I would say exactly, treat it like a campaign, but incorporate the team that's gonna be on site. I know many times the marketing, the people in the marketing department are the ones that are creating the campaign and creating the things that have to happen, but it's their sales folks that are actually gonna be on site and doing the execution piece. So just make sure that you're including your sales folks too, because they can help before, during, and after too. Exactly. Yep. All right. Number three. All right. Tracking URLs. Um, It's kind of blows my mind a little bit that there aren't more marketers that use tracking URLs. This is such an easy thing that you can do. Um, If you're asked for your website URL, don't just say www.com abccompany.com, like put a tracking URL on that. So you can truly track the traffic that is coming from that specific event. Um, Again, just really to help you with that ROI after the fact, and you can see how many people clicked on your link, um, you know, because not all, not all events will provide that information to you. I know DynamicsCon um, doesn't provide that information. I'm guessing many other events don't either. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the the um, the marketers that do use the tracking URLs where you can see where things are coming from and, and having a whole campaign around that tracker um, is very, very important to helping you afterwards with your return on investment. Yeah, and it's definitely just nice to see how many people actually came to your website from from yeah. the event too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see how how well your campaign is actually getting executed and. <laughs> Yes, that's always nice, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if nothing else, it also helps you learn, right? You learn um, from event to event and um, just try to do that process improvement along the way. Mm -hmm. All right. Number four, email series. So, yes, you definitely want to have an email series leading up to the event and have them spaced out pretty, you know, I would say start maybe three months out, two months out um, every other week. And then as it gets closer every week, so you're kind of, you know, building up the momentum, building up the brand recognition, building up whatever you're focusing on, of course, uh, driving them to your booth in some way, shape or form. And, and you're giving, you know, letting them know what you're having at the booth, whether it's swag, you know, Avalara had a massage booth at theirs, uh, at Comatica Summit in January. So, so once uh, they had puppies at an event, like, yeah, what are you driving? How are you driving traffic to your booth and let them know about it, obviously, in the email series, and just keeping them up to date and creating that excitement around it as uh, it gets closer to the event. And I actually would recommend, um, Amy, particularly in today's day and age, um, to start those a little bit earlier. Um, okay. From an event manager's perspective, we like to recommend that you start doing something like that at least four months out. And the reason for that is because the cost of air, particularly for the oh, airline, yeah. mm -hmm. the cost of airline tickets these days, I mean, they're, they're so high, right? So getting that word out and letting people know that you're participating in this event from an event organizer perspective, we love that <laughs> um, because it's just getting that word out a little bit earlier for folks. So I would recommend even doing it a little bit sooner. Um, and certainly, yes, that stuff um, leading up to the event is important too, but getting that word out there early, getting people registered so they can get their flight and their hotel booked right away yeah. um, and, helps, and helps save them on some costs, I think is really a really good idea. Yeah, so then it might make sense, you know, when when the events start marketing it and pushing it and saying, hey, yeah, obviously you guys have early bird pricing and things like that. So yeah, um, keeping that in mind, obviously, yeah, you want to try and include those in your emails and newsletters and cadence that you send out on a regular basis. Yes, exactly. Um, and then I know like DynamicsCon, for example, and I think a lot of other events do this too, but we create like marketing kit assets for you guys. So graphics and content and things um, that we provide to the ISVs to really help you with that messaging. Um, so you, it's, does, it doesn't have to be messaging that your team necessarily has to create either. Like we try to make it very easy for our ISVs um, to help market that. Cause at the end of the day, it helps everybody. It helps mm -hmm. the event organizer and it, it helps the ISVs with the, you know, increase in attendance. Um, so yeah, ask your event organizer if they've got marketing kit assets. I'm sure that they would be more than happy to give them to you. Yeah. And if, you know, at least it's a starting point, right, to include in your emails. You mm -hmm. don't use the exact messaging, but it certainly can. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And then, right. you're, and then you're on brand too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also very important. We could do a whole nother series on that. <laughs> probably good. <laughs> Okay, number five, schedule meetings. 
Yes, scheduling meetings. Um, this is very, very important, um, particularly, honestly, with the virtual events. Mm-hmm. My opinion is this is where you can find some um, great traction and find some perspective. We are all very aware um, that virtual event engagement is extremely difficult um, and hard to navigate. So um, leverage the virtual event um, platforms, the live event platforms, and schedule meetings ahead of time. So don't just wait until you get on site or the week before, like really do your due diligence um, and make some planning. Yeah. Get those, those attendees engaged ahead of time. Definitely reach out to people way ahead of time as they're building out their schedule. Look at the agenda and see where there's gaps or holes where you could actually meet with them. You know, don't just say send out like a blanket email. Hey, let's schedule a time to meet. Actually put the time in to see where there's those buckets of time where you can actually meet with them and, and put it on their calendar. Hey, this is times that we can meet during the event. What works for you, you know? So really get some more thought and, and input and um, knowledge into it. So they know you did your your work on it as well. Just not sending out this blanket email asking to meet with them. Because they remember they're getting this from every ISV. So how are you going to stand out from the rest of them? Yeah. make And make those invitations personal too. Mm-hmm. Do, do your research, do your due diligence, like you, like Amy said, um, it's important. Yeah. Makes a difference. All right. Number six, be prepared. Yes. I feel like this is probably one of the biggest ones. Um, just making sure you have, uh, and, and from, from um, my experience, there's always hiccups when you get to an in-person event and even sometimes with a virtual event. So just make sure you have everything prepared for on-site for everyone. Have those meetings and touch points before leading up to the event, getting everyone on the same page. How are you capturing those leads? I highly recommend a lead retrieval device. <clears throat> what are the exhibit hours? Make sure you send out notifications. I even send out meeting invites to everybody with the booth hours, with everything, so they know what times and where they need to be. So you just want to make it as, as easy as possible and as organized as possible. So that way everyone knows where what time everything is, where they need to be, what's going on at the event from the welcome reception all the way to the end after party, whatever it is, as well as in virtual events. What are the expo times? When is your session? Just making, sending meeting invites out for everything so everybody knows and has a clear picture of what's happening during that time frame. And then who to contact, who's on site, who's going to be answering those questions, who's going to help facilitate everything that's happening at the event and what's the action item for attendees how are you driving them to the booth what was the emails that were sent out uh what was the messaging just so everybody again is on the same page and and we all know what we're talking about we all know what we're doing when we get to the event which makes it that much easier yes it does it does (laughs) there are many times that the marketers are not communicating with the sales folks and just assuming the sales folks know and they really don't so um i know I have always, um, in the years that I've been running events, I've always tried to do like a sponsor preparation meeting, um, just right be- like the week before the event. Um, and and I've encouraged the marketing folks to invite your salespeople that are going to mm-hmm. be on site. At the end of the day, they're the ones that need to know that information. So right. um, it's important to do that. Definitely. All right. Number seven. All right. Setting specific goals for your sales team. This is also very important. Um, and even you can even do things like um, making it a fun competition between your salespeople. Like, you know, your your goal is 10 meetings with potential prospects, but 
you know, we'll do some sort of fun giveaway or prize or something for the salesperson that has the most meetings with potential prospects or something like that. So some sort of incentive um, to get this done. And this is, again, where that setting those scheduled meetings ahead of time becomes so important. Um, so you're not just showing up on site and, and hoping you have some great um, meetings and conversations yes. with people. <laughs> Um, hope is not a strategy. It's <laughs> not a strategy. No, I hope that people will stop by your booth. Um, you got to have to be a little bit more proactive about it. Yes, definitely. And of course, we all have goals for every event. So you have to figure out how am I making, making and meeting those goals. And it takes a team and it takes everybody to participate in that. Yeah. All right, number eight. Get social. Yes, we want to get social. So you want to make sure you're obviously putting out a regular cadence of social posts, whether it's on LinkedIn, Twitter, or whatever uh, social platform you use, but also not only creating those social posts, but engagement on those platforms, especially LinkedIn. LinkedIn loves comments. So the rule of thumb is five comments a day, and that also boosts your engagement in your post. So when you're reaching out to partners, when you're reaching out to customers, obviously you're following those companies those people on LinkedIn, engage with their posts, create that relationship, build that uh, consistency with them. So that way, when you're reaching out to them to schedule a meeting, they already kind of know who you are and they understand you've been following them, you've been watching them, you've been re reaching out to them, you've been you know, acknowledging and engaging on their posts. So it's not just this blanket email. Again, it all comes back to building that relationship and how you're going to do that. And there's several ways that you can do that besides just email. Exactly. I think everybody realizes that this community is very much about relationship-based sales. I think, um, in fact, our society, I think, is just frankly moving that way too. But yeah. particularly in this industry with purchases that are as large as the dynamics um, platforms are, mm -hmm. um, relationship-based. And I also love leveraging LinkedIn polls just to get people's feedback, like, hey, what kind of swag do you want us to give away the booth this year? And just give them some things to pick from. If you need ideas for swag, like you can come up with some fun, creative ways to do some polls too, to get people engaged. Absolutely. Great idea. All right. Oh, number nine, booth etiquette. This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> Please, please, please train your salespeople to get their head out of their devices. It is crazy to me that there are still people that sit in their booth with their phone in their hand like this the whole time. And I'm like, and then they complain afterwards. Well, we didn't get any traffic at our booth. Well, no, because no, you are so unapproachable. Um, so get your head out of your device, stand up. Don't sit, don't sit behind the mm -hmm. table or behind the stand or whatever, you know, be out in front, um, after some sort of activity. I know there's been some really fun things that I have seen over the year. Um, cause people love free stuff. Um, people love food. That's a, I've learned mm -hmm. that that's a big one, right? Like full size candy bars, dynamics con live last year. One of our sponsors had this little, little like wheel of fortune wheel. Um, and they had a variety of different um, full-size candy bars at it and people just had to come up and spin and they got that candy bar they walked away it was such a simple thing it's not it was not expensive to pull off but they had a lot of engagement at their booth mm -hmm. uh, a popcorn machine it really doesn't cost that much to have a popcorn machine and man does that drive does that oh, as soon as they smell it they're like Phew. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Amy, you were talking about um, Avalara's massage chairs. It fits so well with their campaign and their slogan that Avalara. Yep. Uh, it's just, it was so perfect. Um, so just stuff like that, pulling those things together, um, start conversations. Don't, don't be a hard sale right off the bat, right? Like just be casual about it. Just ask them why they're there. Um, that's a, that's a really easy icebreaker question. Come up with a couple, three uh, icebreakers instead of, you know, coming at them with, yeah. with, with that hard sales um, sales message right out, right out of the gate. So somebody uh, had a mimosas, which were really big. Somebody Ooh, had right. coffee bar, which was really big. So yeah, you can get creative with um, what you're offering. It doesn't have to be swag. If you don't want to do swag, you can do something else. It doesn't have to be pens and notebooks and everything else. Right. Uh, so that's where you can get creative. And that's when, again, where you can use those polls on LinkedIn to leverage people and find out what they want. Yeah. Yeah. I know Insight Works stuffies are a huge hit. Yes, all the time. <laughs> yes they are. <laughs> yes, they are. So they've got a theme going now, right? Like they, they found do. Really good and people... my dogs loved that. That my dog loved their stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> and so do many people's children. Yeah. Like yeah. those are the thing. You know, you got to bring something home to the kiddos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's uh, do another poll. Now that we're at the halfway point and we're doing, we're not doing that great on time, but we'll get, get better at it. All right. So the last nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. How about in-person events? How many of those do you have planned this year in 2023? Love to get your feedback on that. Again, the sweet spot is one to five. So one to five in person and one to five virtual. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Okay, next up. Yes, we kind of touched upon this, but educate, don't sell. So you definitely want to engage people when they come to the booth asking why they're there. What are they looking to get out of the conference? If you're if you're at Dynamics Con or another one with multiple ERPs, ask what ERP they have. Sometimes it's not always available on their lanyard or anything. Ask them what their company does. Just find ways to just get that conversation going to learn more about them because either one, they are a fit or two, they're not a fit. So it's, you know, you don't want to waste anybody's time too. So it comes down to that, trying to figure out, hey, if I'm a company that focuses on manufacturing and distribution, and this is a nonprofit, then heck, you know, you can start that conversation and quickly end it if it makes sense because they're not a fit and you don't want to waste their time and vice versa. So we should probably get these. Get yeah, these sorry. Off the <laughs> uh, uh, success stories. This is another yeah. great one. Yes. Number 11, success stories. Um, leverage those events for the people that are there. Um, it's a great time to get in front of your customers that are there, get some quotes, get some video testimony um, that you can use in your other campaigns throughout the whole year. Um, What better time than when you're all in person together? Um, So again, this does take a little bit of preparation and coordination at this time, but um, we'll we'll probably save you thousands of dollars in the end. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays you can do customer testimonials on phones and they come out just as good. You don't need the whole production crew. Um, Mm -hmm. And then maybe give them something a little special for them doing it, you know, some kind of extra special gift for them showing up and providing that information because it is very valuable. 
Yeah. Excellent idea. Okay, get all the information. I feel like this is another tough one because you're using the lead retrieval to scan. You have a lot of people at the booth. You want to make sure you customize those questions. So when people are scanning and, and answering questions, you know if they're a lead or not, what products they're interested in. And you might have some really good conversations with people. So document those conversations, put them in the notes, write them in a notebook, make sure everybody again is on the same page as how to collect all this information. Cause this is the most valuable information for the follow-up. If you don't have this, you don't know what you're going to tell them when you get back to your office and you scanned all these people, if you haven't documented any of this information. Agreed. I think we have some more points to touch on some of this data collection too. So I'll let you yeah. keep waiting. segmentation. <laughs> Beautiful segue into segmentation. Uh, yeah. Collecting that data is so critical um, because when you get back to the office, you're going to want to take the lead information that you collected and segment it out. Um, there's another tip down um, in a couple, <laughs> couple more tips here um, where we're going to show you the importance of why segmenting that list is so darn important. Yeah. Um, by ERP, whether they're customers or partners, um, just really being collecting as much information about that person um, and their company as you possibly can so that you can do that segmentation. And I don't know how many times, you know, especially when you get the list from conferences, how many times I get emails from ISVs, just these blanket emails, because they get the list and they send out this massive email without segmenting it uh, but first by partner, by customer, by ISV. Maybe you yep. don't want to send ISVs your email. I don't know. Maybe you do. But <laughs> maybe you're sending your ISVs to competitors, too. So you're just going to just make sure you segment the list. Yes. Yeah. I have received many emails from ISVs asking me if I want to buy their product. And mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's really not what I, what I was there for. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. It's all about the follow-up. So again, it comes down to making sure you're documenting all of those people that you're scanning, maybe their leads, maybe their opportunities, segmenting them that way and making, because you're going to have different follow-ups for those opportunities. Obviously, you're going to push those to the salespeople and the leads are just going to go in this funnel of email campaigns and different strategies that you have in place already. So you really, again, want to track things, want to make sure you have things broken out um, the way they're supposed to be and people are getting the right messaging. Yes. Mm -hmm. Number 15, which kind of goes with that whole segmentation and that follow-up emails, is being able to customize that. Um, we have learned in this marketing world that customization is so important. Um, yep. Really targeting the people that you're talking to, they feel a little bit more special and don't just feel like a big old number in your lead list or opportunity list. Because um, that customization really helps to build those personal relationships that are so, so important in those cycles. Mm -hmm. And it does take a little more time, obviously, to do this, but it's well worth it in the long run. Yes. So when you are starting to put those emails together, obviously, you want to schedule them out. You want to invite them to something, whether it's a webinar or a lunch and learn or some educational event. So that way they can get to know a little bit more about you, your products and or solutions, what you provide, your thought leadership in that area. And just, again, build that relationship. Agreed. And I would even say try to focus a little bit more on the educational piece. Mm -hmm, uh, definitely. Not educating on them, not educating about your product, um, but being educational on the core platform first, and then like doing a little bit of a segue into how your, how your products make it even better. Yep. 
tips and tricks people love, um, mm-hmm. trends, industry trends, anything like that. Yes. All right. And the, so, go ahead. Drip yeah. and nurture. <laughs> um, very similar to um, 16, um, just put them in a drip campaign, continue to provide that educational content on a consistent basis because then you're always in front of them um, from the time that you met them until the time that they're ready to make a purchase decision mm-hmm. constantly in the back of their mind, back of your mind. And when they're ready to pull that trigger, then your name can be the first that comes to mind. Right. And obviously the biggest where there's consistent, you know, it takes about, they say seven to 10 email touches before they even um, reach out to you or respond sometimes. So again, it's, it comes to that consistency and being top of mind because it might not be a fit for them now, but had three, four, five, six months from now, they might say, Hey, now I finally need this solution. And now yeah. you're top of mind. Yes. And last but not least. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. And I can be, uh, I'm just like the best from spell check. I could send out things. I try not to send out things with a spelling word error, but man, I still get them from people with errors. Just spell check, spell check, spell check. And not just you spell check it, have multiple people spell check it because you are staring at the screen, you're not gonna see it. And then somebody else will see it. And I've, I still get tons of, not tons of emails, but occasionally do get emails with words that are spelled wrong. So um, try Grammarly, pay for Grammarly. There's a free version too. There's lots of ways to avoid making spelling errors and just yep. making sure when you're sending out those emails that all your checks and balances are in place, especially if you're using personalization or links, you just want to test everything to make sure you don't um, want to have broken links or things not linking to where they're supposed to, or again, having spelling errors. So just making sure you do those checks and balances. Agreed. And our last poll before we wrap it up is if you can share your annual budget for marketing events, or if you have one, or do do you know of one, or what you typically spend on marketing events every year, feel free to let us know. We know they're expensive. And again, that's why we did this webinar to try and help you get the most and maximize the most out of those events that you spend. So we hope this was helpful. All right, looks like we have a couple not sures, one over 100K and one between 16 and 49K. So a little bit of variety. Well, thank you everyone. Okay, well, that wraps it up. You can reach me at my email, amyk.icefeedsociety.com and there's my cell phone number as well and here's Liz's contact information. So yeah, feel free to reach out to us anytime if you have any questions, if you'd like to learn more about obviously my membership and the ISV Society. And of course, Liz offers some great events and other initiatives. Do you wanna briefly chat about that, Liz, before we wrap things up? <laughs> yeah, we do have some really good programs for, um, for ISVs in terms of either event sponsorship. We do also have an annual partner membership program. Um, and we just, in lots of ways for you to engage as a subject matter expert and really um, showcase your team that way as well. Um, so yeah, meetups, forums, um, we do we do all kinds of stuff all the yes. way throughout the whole year. So would love to have everybody um, more engaged in the Doug community, um, wherever and however it makes sense for you and your team. 
yeah. So thank you everyone for joining us. And we're so glad that you were here. We hope you got some great value out of this and maybe we'll do another one soon. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Everybody. Have a great day. You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips and tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.